over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Yeah. Let's talk about your house. Your house in Arizona. Woo-wee, baby. Every mortgage payment you make is like money in the bank. Woo! With what home values have done in the state of Arizona, I just, woo, I couldn't imagine what better investment you could possibly have right now. My heart aches for those of you that are in the rental market in Arizona right now. I've heard firsthand stories of residents in apartment buildings who are being told their rent is going up 50, 60, and 70%. I mean, what do you do with that? I mean, what do you do with that? That's a killer. So let's talk to those of you that have a home. I'm, I'm going to tell you, uh, with the equity, if you've owned a home more than just a few years, the equity you've got uh, is going to be one of the legs of your retirement stool. Uh, we are currently going to remodel one of the properties we own, but we don't have the blueprints done or the permit done. So I called Harold at Galaxy Lending Group, and I said, look, Harold, I've got all the equity I need in the house just the way it sits. My loan-to-value is so low. I want to take them, I want to take the loan, I want to refinance the house now and get all the cash I'm going to need for the remodeling project rather than pull it out when I've got the permit in three to four months not knowing what rates you're going to do. I'd rather whatever mortgage I put on that house, I'm going to be paying for the next 15 years. I'd rather pay it at today's rate than where I'm guessing the rate's going to be in several months. So that's an option for those of you that are looking to get work done is they're talking. I've seen reports and projections that rates are going to go up three times this year. I've seen projections that rates are going to go up five times this year. I've seen one report that says they predict rates are going to go up as many as seven times this year. I don't know. I'm not smart enough to figure it out. But it does appear they're going up. So if you've got a project you want in mind, I could tell you every reputable remodeling contractor I know is 100% totally booked up. If you called, if you had a project you wanted to do right now, and you called the little bitty company called Rosie Wright Remodeling, we would have to tell you, we can meet you now. We can design your project now. We can submit for permit now. But we don't have the manpower to start your job till August or September. And we only have room for one or two jobs to fit in the rest of this year. After that, everything we book will be for jobs to start in January, February of 2023. That's not just a manpower problem. 
that's also a material supply problem. By the time we get your project designed, all of the materials specified, you narrow down all the choices because we don't start a job until every decision is made because we guarantee our delivery dates and we guarantee our completion dates. It takes a while, particularly in today's environment, to pin those down. We were told a particular sink that had been selected two months ago was three weeks out. Well, we kind of built the schedule on that. Two weeks into that, we were told it's still three weeks out. Well, we didn't settle for that. We, we found that sink in a warehouse in a city we had to ship it in from. But, I mean, those are just the games we're playing right now. Many, many Americans, the housing market is so hot right now. There was a recent survey that said most home buyers are willing to break their budget on the next home purchase by as much as $100,000 just to get a yes, my offer was accepted. Now, that's some serious cabbage. That's a lot of cabbage, 100000 over. I, my neighbor wasn't planning on moving, but he saw what prices were doing. <laughs> so he listed his home above what he thought it would ever sell for just to see what would happen. And now he's renting a U-Haul. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's like, well, I, I'm homeless now. I got a lot of cash, but I'm homeless. It, it, it really feels good. <laughs> To be walking around with that much cash until you start shopping about how, how you're going to replace it. And, and you know, if, a, if it's $100,000 over your budget, you know, I'm not going to say that's a bad thing if you can still afford it. Because eventually, you know, that you will get that. If things continue pretty, the way they are, and it sure I mean, seems like they are in Arizona. It may dip way down like it did in a way, but it came back. It did. You know, it came so, back. If it's your forever home and it's perfect for you and your family and you're going to be there 30, 40, 50 years and it doesn't put a strain on you financially, I'm not going to say that's a bad thing. It's not ideal, but um, the general don't, rule, but don't make a long term commitment that's going to keep you living by the skin of your teeth. It's, for, it's pretty miserable being a slave to your mortgage. Yeah, it, it's a pretty miserable way to live. Generally speaking, a lot of the mortgage companies and finance companies and banks will allow you to go up to 30, 33% of your income. And I would tell you from my experience when people do that, they're, they're pretty strapped. Um, when you take a third of your income and just put it towards the mortgage, uh, you're, you're probably not going to be taking very many vacations you're not going to be doing anything extra. You probably aren't going to be retiring a maintenance fund into the house for replacing appliances or paint or roofing or air conditioning or water heaters or things like that. Yeah, because then, then you're really in a sticky situation. If you're spending all your money just on the mortgage and you can't maintain anything, then the condition of the home continues to deteriorate. <laughs> so here's... And then, so then you go to sell it and any equity you may have built up in the time... You've got to dump into getting the home into a condition that right. someone will buy it. <laughs> right, right, right. It's so with the average home in Maricopa County now approaching four hundred thousand wow. dollars. Uh, are you willing to? Are you willing to up that by another hundred? I mean, it. I'm not willing to spend four hundred on a house. <laughs> period. 
that's that's the price, uh, as I understand it, of an average home. Wow. And that's gone up from about two sixty just in the last two years. So, it's mm. it's it's a heated pace. That's for sure. The other thing this survey indicated was that eighty five percent of the buyers were uncomfortable with how quick they had to make a decision. Because if you don't get the offer in and you, you're, 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 you're going to be left standing on the sidelines. So if you are in the rental market right now and you're aspiring to be a home buyer, just know those that end up buying uh, are stretching their budget beyond what they have set for themselves. And they're having to make the decision quicker. So if you're having to stretch the budget and you're having to make the decision quicker, take this little advice from Rosie, who's been here for 50 years. Don't buy a home that's been heavily modified, remodeled, or flipped unless you can verify permits were pulled and a licensed contractor did the work. I can't tell you, I can't tell you, I feel a little bit guilty how much money I've made the last 10 years fixing homes that were flipped in the housing bubble of 08, 9, 10, and 11. Unlicensed contractors, inexperienced people jumping in on the opportunity to grab a home, replace a couple of appliances, some floor covering, paint, uh, throw band-aids all over it, make it smell new with the, with the smell of new carpet, new paint, and flip it. Work not being done to code. I've actually seen flipped homes where we actually had to go to the city and say, look, we're going to expose these sections. We've got to verify it was done close to code, repair the things that haven't been, and do a retroactive permit inspection code approval. So if you're having to make a decision in a hurry, try and find a home in as close to original condition as possible because it's the most honest home you can buy. Yeah, there may be some deferred maintenance, but there probably aren't a lot of hidden booby traps that are going to bite you later. So housing market's hot, really hot. You know why? I got I got a notice today. Things contractors and builders have to be aware of in other parts of the country. Here we are enjoying this beautiful weather. Did you see what blew through the country this past week? <laughs> oh, yeah. Record snow in Wichita, Lansing, Michigan, uh, Indianapolis, Oklahoma City. Um, there's over 300,000 as of yesterday without power. That number is expected to go up due to the cold front. Uh, what is it? Uh, winter storm landed, I think is what it is. Man, I don't know. But Arizona is going to continue to attract people. I loved Arizona when I moved here in 1966 and there were a million and a half people. It was a great state. You could go anywhere as you wanted to camp and you'd be all by yourself. Now it's really tough. <laughs> really tough to find that secret spot. But I still love Arizona. And we're not going to stop growing. Did you see the picture of the soccer game in Minneapolis, Minnesota? Was it the coldest soccer game ever played? For men's, uh, the U.S. men's soccer team. You know, I don't know 
if there is a colder one. Did they play it in, in their soccer shorts? I, I don't know about that. <laughs> but all I saw was a picture of people in the stands posting pictures of their frozen beer. I'm like, what are you drinking beer at minus 19 for? <laughs> who, wants, who sits there at minus 19 and thinks, gee, I need a cold beer to enjoy this? You tell all your friends. You got a lot of friends, Rose. I do? Yeah. They're all reaching out to the handyman. What should I do about this? What should I do about that? We always said we wanted to be every Arizona homeowner's best friend. Well, it takes a lot of us to keep up with all your friendships. It it takes a team, that's for sure. So one way you homeowners can reach us is through their email. Just send us a question or some pictures or whatever at info at rosieonthehouse.com. Can I say one thing about that? One thing. Yeah, the, just o- one. the other way is call us here on air. Yes, absolutely. Because when you wait to reach out to us, I'll answer your question right here, right now. You reach out to us at the office during the week, and our schedule's pretty jammed. You may not get a call back for a day or two, you may not get an answer back for a week or more. So lean on us now when we're making ourselves available here. At Rosie on the House on Air. Yeah, I think people are starting to, to remember that. We got lots of nice calls during the 9 o'clock hour. Loaded. So here's a couple from the inbox this week. Okay. I went up on my roof this weekend. It's a flat roof and saw some bubbling. I'm wondering, how do I know when I call someone about it? The bubbling is not a large area and the bubbles aren't cracking. I had sealed it four years ago. Patrice. Well, Patrice, going up on a spray foam roof this past week i bet was pretty thrilling because <laughs> i bet you as soon as you stepped foot on that foam roof you found out oh it's icy nothing is more slippery than a spray foam roof with elastomeric coating on a arizona morning with a little bit of dew or moisture in there at freezing temperature it, it's like a ski slope even with a quarter inch to one foot slope. So be careful up there, okay? Those those flat foam roofs can get really slippery in the winter in Arizona. The blisters are a result probably of when the top coat was applied. Uh, you'll see these guys on the foam roofing crews completely covered in cotton clothing. And the reason being, is if a drop of their sweat hits the foam while they're applying the top coat, just that drop of sweat will create the blister that's showing in the top coat. You need to cut that out, remove it, and then apply another layer on top of that. So the blister itself is not an indication of any significant problem as long as it hasn't cracked or popped or been peeled back or hit by a boot or somebody walking on there that is okay if it's exposing the foam then that's not okay and it needs to be addressed quickly all righty that was question one okay blisters on a foam roof question two i can't decide between ridge soffit and gable vents on my roof which would you recommend oh i'd have to ask a lot more questions okay um what type of roof do you have What's the orientation of your house? I can tell you, generally speaking, we like ridge roofing at the top of 
your roof. That's where it's going to do its most natural job. According to the law of physics, hot air in the attic rises, and that's exactly where it's trying to get out. Let it go ahead and get out there. But an improperly applied ridge vent will leak in a hard rain, so you have to make sure it's done right. If your house is located properly and orientated properly, I like gable end vents because they have very little opportunity for leaking and they create a nice cross draft. The other types of vents are the whirly birds uh, are another option that I really, really like. You need to have you know enough of them to do the job. But even with those, wherever you're exiting air out of the attic, you got to make sure it's got that much air coming in. If you're trying to evacuate hot air out of an attic, you're creating a negative pressure. That attic isn't going to stay at negative pressure. It's going to suck in other air from another place. And you just want to make sure it's not sucking air out of the air conditioning of your home through the, all the holes that are in your ceiling, at ceiling fans, at uh, recessed cans, at ex- exhaust hood penetrations. So you want to make sure where whatever you're venting, you want to make sure it's got good access to breathe. It can breathe in fresh outdoor air to exhale hot, stale attic air and never, ever power ventilate an Arizona attic. Never. You'll be sucking all your expensive air-conditioned air out of your home and spitting it out into the sky. Your air conditioning bill, your electric bill, will go up. Passive venting only. People tell me, oh, I outsmarted Rosie. I put I put a solar fan up there to ventilate. Well, you knucklehead. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so, so it's not costing you anything to suck the air-conditioned air out of your house. You're doing that for free. Now you're just having to air-condition a lot more air inside your house. Those are the kind of tips we can bring you because we've been building and remodeling in Arizona for 50 years. Join us at one 767 One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight. Rosie for you. The lines are getting screened right now. We'll be bringing callers in here shortly. Uh, we got to get a few little pedigree information. You know, name, zip code, general area. What the question is. We're screening really hard to find everything that we can stump Rosie with. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because we all need more to really, do during the week on follow up. Really appreciate that. <laughs> I pulled a good article out of the mansion section yesterday in the Wall Street Journal talking about pros and cons of an older home. You know, there's definitely a lot more architectural features in older homes and a lot of, you know, what you would associate growing up at grandpa's house. You got the wainscoting and the different types of craftsmanship and everything's a little bit more personalized or character as opposed to, 
you know, something that's put together in a master plan subdivision where you've got six blueprints, uh, styles that, you know, this home is exactly the same as the one, but the <laughs> blueprint blueprint is flips. <laughs> so it, no, we have 12 blueprints, not six styles, but, um, some of the things to look for in an older home, if you're looking though, is if it's 50 to a hundred years old, there could be asbestos, lead paint or mold issues. Uh, to look for and be prepared on absolutely a lot of your appliances if it's not kept up or maintained uh big ticket items air conditioning roofing uh plumbing drains uh are a big one and and water supply line those are some big ticket items that could really um really hit you hard because there are things you can let go in your home and you don't need to fix if you can't or it's not the right time you can't go without water <laughs> That's tough. supply or drainage. You can't go without replacing your roof. Probably not going to do very well without replacing your air conditioning. Um, and then uh, a, it, a good chance when a neighborhood in, in Arizona reaches 30 years, it is now can be qualified to get registered as a historic home or a historic neighborhood. Uh, I'm not saying every neighborhood that's over 30 years no. <laughs> could is going to qualify for that by any stretch of the imagination uh but there are areas that well if it's a historic home you may look at the home and say oh this is great for us we we just need to add this or we just need to do that and this would be the perfect home because it's the best location well those historic neighborhoods have uh may have restrictions on what you can and can't do and that you have to get approval at the time you're going to do renovations because uh, they're trying to keep that historic look and feel so you can't just go in and do whatever you want on that home it seems kind of productive i own the home and i bought it well yes you did but the reason it's such a high value is because we've maintained the historic look of this neighborhood and that's why the home's valued more so Absolutely. if you want to live in this neighborhood you have to live with in these historic guidelines to preserve the home. So check those to make sure uh, you're not getting into a home that you're thinking, well, this will be perfect after I do this. Well, you can't do that. That's a good point. Go in with both eyes open, ask all the questions up front. And then if it is an older home, a lot of people are going to try and sell you into a home warranty. And we're not big fans of home warranties. There is um, insurance equipment and breakage insurance that's a lot cheaper and you then get to pick the contractor to do the work for you if you're tied into a home warranty well they tell you who's coming to work on your home and a lot of times those people don't have the best interest in your mind and upselling you is part of their income to uh you know uh, you need this done you need that done and well, we're gonna sell you this equipment it's the only one that works and it's just so happens 25% more than a perfectly good unit that would work. So it's much better to do equipment and damage insurance than to do a home warranty because it puts you in control of who you invite to your home. Hey, we're getting back to staycations. Did you know that? I did. Yeah. I did. And we have a new feature. We have a new article each month on destination. So a lot of times people say, hey, I'm going here or there and I don't know what to do. And <laughs> this month is open and you're probably thinking, I don't know what to do. Be so on our website, we will have uh, an article. And if you win, we'll be happy to forward that to you to give you some great tips. So you have till the 15th to um, enter for that one. And you can just email us at info at Um 
And in that staycation, we have some fantastic stuff. We have everybody ready to play again. And Divine Gourmet and Gilbert is offering wonderful local baskets with local fare. They even make their own caramels and some mixes. And so if you're worried about getting a, any kind of gifts on time, they're a great place to shop, get some great local food, some wine, some clothing. they got all kinds of cool stuff. So they, this, week's, uh, this winter, this coming month, we'll have a Divine Gourmet Basket. They will also have a selection of books from Arizona Highways. And boy, do they have some fantastic books. Everything from how to hike and where to hike and some beautiful coffee table books. Those will be included. And last but not least, Arizona State Park Passes. So if you get stuck on where to go, you can never lose by going to one of our beautiful Arizona State Parks. Arizona Staycation, only available at Rosie on the House. We have a lot of fun hearing back from the people that win those and how much fun they've had on the trip. I love it. You were talking about older homes, you know. Uh, we Jennifer and I talked Romy and Amanda and Tinley and Roxy and Remy and Landry all to meet us up at Arizona Snow Bowl on Monday. I love driving through Flagstaff and looking at all that volcanic rock hand laid structures the igneous rock um i mean what could be more permanent than building a home or a community building community center out of volcanic rock the termites that just break their teeth (laughs) i love that look i love that look in flagstaff i really do Natural natural masonry. CMUs you didn't have to manufacture. Just yeah, that's right. You just walk around and find. A little labor-intensive setting <laughs> to make sure your top plate ended up level. But, uh, boy, it's absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous work. We're talking a little bit in our website. Uh, every week we have a particular tip on what to do in, about, and around your house. This particular week we're talking about cleaning your patio. You know, in Arizona— on uh, February 4th, you could actually be outside hosing off and power washing your back patio as opposed to spraying Pam on your snow shovel, digging your house out in Indianapolis or Minneapolis or wherever else your cousins might be. It, it's, it's almost a little bit fun this time of year to just call on my sister in Woodland Park, Colorado, whose home is at 9,400 feet, or even my sister in Branson, Missouri, who's now under an absolute complete freeze. And then they like to call us back uh, in July and August when we're experiencing 115-degree weather and make fun of us. But you know what? If it weren't for our summers, Arizona would have 30 million people here. So I've gotten... For that reason alone, the motivation to fall in love with our 110 and 115 degree days <laughs> because it's kept us under 8 million people, but not by much. I think we're about <laughs> breaking there. But in Arizona, you could be refinishing your patio concrete in the middle of winter. Where else in the country could you do that and uh, do it safely? There are specific steps that we would take 
in cleaning concrete, in particular in about and around your barbecue area that may or may not have had a spill or two of grease. Before you refinish or reseal any concrete, you're going to want to pull that grease out around off of the floor surrounding the barbecue area. You can find the degreasing cleanser. We like a company here that's statewide called Marvell Masonry. You can get the concrete cleaners there. We tell people apply it, follow the directions, be careful of where you rinse it because you possibly could be rinsing it into a, a planter that uh, the, the, the chemical could be caustic to your plants there. So you got to be aware of there. Get the grease pulled out. And now we want to clean the entire surface. And there's an equipment that you, you, you probably won't buy it. It's too expensive and you don't need it often enough. But you can go rent a scrubber, a, a, a water scrubber that you stand up. And it's like a floor buffer and a power washer combined. But it's not the strength of a power washer. It's not pushing water out at 1,000, 1,200, 1,500 PSI or more. It's in a swirling pattern, and it's a high enough pressure to actually clean the surface of the concrete. Allow it to dry, and then you're probably going to need two people at, while you're at Marvell Masonry picking up the cleanser for the concrete patio. Go ahead and pick up a concrete sealer. Now, in picking a sealer, I know some of you get an idea that you'd like that to always look wet so you get the glossy finish. I would never, ever recommend that for you unless you're so obsessively compulsive about that look, you're willing to adopt that as a monthly maintenance program that will have to be done regularly or it will start looking horrible very, very soon into the future. So go with the matte finish. It's going to take two of you. Go ahead and apply the sealer with what I call a Hudson sprayer or garden sprayer. And you're going to need a second person rolling or brushing that into the pores of the concrete and or the pavers. Don't allow any puddling of it and don't allow... Uh, a thin area to go uncovered well. Do an area of about 50 square feet, get it manicured into the pores and the surface really well, and then move on to the next 50 square feet. It really does take two people to do this. If, if you're in charge of the job, you want to be the one on the sprayer standing up spraying because the other person is going to be crawling on their hands and knees brushing or rolling the product into the pores of the concrete and or the pavers. Protect yourself. Don't do it under the wind. Wear respirators. Wear clothes that are willing and shoes that you're willing to sacrifice for the job. Don't apply it under wind when the, when the sealer could be drifting onto vegetation or possibly if you're doing a driveway onto your car. Do it only on calm days. Do it with two people and it will look really good. In a matte finished concrete, you can probably expect to have to redo that about every three to five years to keep it looking decent. Marvell Masonry, it is your place to go stop and shop for the products you'd need to get this job done.
Now, if, if you do want to run out to Tortilla Flat, be a great opportunity to take in the Renaissance Festival. Do you know it opens this weekend? Hot dog. 34th year. Can you believe it? Wow. And it goes all the way through um, April 3rd. And it's even open on Monday. So, on Monday, President's Day. So, I have some tickets to give away. We're going to be giving away tickets over the next couple weeks. And today, we have four adult admissions with um, about $120 value. So, how are we going to give those away, Romy? Oh, just draw it as for a text. today, mm-hmm. and how many tickets? Uh, four tickets, four adult tickets. Four adult tickets. Yep. Could you take a kid with an adult ticket? I don't know. The I don't think I would that. go with four adults personally. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably take the kids. Yeah. You know, I have never been. It's fun. Amanda has taken the kids during the week. It's so busy on the weekends. Yes. And we usually have rodeo events on the weekends, so they go during the week when I'm at work. But they love it. Um, what is? The device that they used to use to detain people in the town square where you could throw lettuce at them. You know, you, you put your head and your arms mm, through. Very good. And you lock it. Text what that device is called to 411923 and we'll pick a random right winner at the end of this uh, segment and we'll send you to the Renaissance. Renaissance so you, next Festival. week we'll do phones. This week it's text. So you've only got like about two or three minutes to text us the answer to that question. What device was used to detain people with their head in their arms and restraint in town square as punishment? They should bring that back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> Just put a few of those out Central Park. What is keep all the jails open, you know? Mm. No no need to build all these jails and pay for their food for years and years and years. Just stake them out there for a couple hours. I think they'd change their attitude real quick. What are your takeaways from the home improvement part of today's show? I love the the outdoor living segment with Farm Bureau and Bales. Hey, that was a that was I wanted him I wanted him to give me a Genesis version of his six generations. Like Jehoshaphat begat Zephaniah, Zephaniah begat. He was fun. He was well, a wanted, fun farmer. I wanted farmer. to go through the begat generations with him. I don't I didn't want to chew up much of their time. Um and so I, it, we never got to it. But an interesting thing, when Julie sent who it was and the link on the family, I'm like, I'd, they've got to be in the Arizona Farming and Ranching Hall of Fame. So I got out the book, and sure enough, the first year they had inductees, the Bales family was on the how would you Hall like, of Fame. How would you like to live on Arizona property that you knew your ancestors homesteaded in the 1830s? Pretty incredible. Now, how cool a story is that? Pretty incredible. So that was a, that was good fun in the outdoor living segment. Nine o'clock segment. We talked a lot about paint, folks. Color selection. I can't tell you. Uh, I couldn't recommend it stronger. Uh, get to Sherwin Williams and take a look at their color snap visualizer. It is a great place to start your color selection. You can order color chips for free, delivered to your home. Then you can go to the store and buy paste and peel samples to put up in the wall, and it, then you can narrow it down to that one or two colors that you actually want to paint on the wall, and they sell you the color kit to take it home and do it yourself. Then you've picked the right color. Well, and if you stay, if you get all that done by next week, we're going to cover tips and techniques, and so we'll have lots of good advice on how to, how to get that done. So it's a good time to get it 
get thinking about it and get organized. Let us help you through those projects. The ticks, the ticks, the tricks (laughs) and tips of the painting pros. That'll be what we'll be covering next week. So stay tuned for that. And then this hour, we had a texture say, uh, tell us that, you know, it makes them sad to hear us talk about Arizona home prices. Um, hey, us too, man. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we're not the one setting the price. We're just stating the facts of what's going on. And he said, I don't know how my children are going to be able to afford a home. And it's $400,000 entry. Multi-generational living. So, That's which, Just like it was back in the homestead days. <laughs> which brings me to another article that out of the Wall Street Journal, the mansion section, about turning your garage into uh, a rental home. Uh, you know, if you're starting out, uh, you know, getting your own loft above a garage. I, you know, that was me on Rennie's garage for while I was waiting for the permits to start my home and how people are doing that and turning it into a positive cash flow situation for their house. So if you've got a garage, you know, putting a second story on it and turning it into a rental suite or an out how, you know, an outbuilding on the back of the property, you know, could potentially uh, offer you a Additional source of income. So, well, you said multi uh, homesteading style, multi generational housing, and that's one thing that disturbs me when you know looking at a lot of building practices today is they're building homes that could never be that um, you know heirloom home that you've got five, six, seven generations that lived in. It's like this thing's going to be in a landfill in fifty years. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's true. So buying a home with good bones. If you're going to be putting out that kind of money, make sure the home has good bones. And there are lots of good 40, 50, and 60-year-old homes in Arizona that have very, very good bones. But as long as people can sell their homes in other states and come to Arizona with the cash, pay for the home cash and still have money left over Arizona is going to be a big housing destination and the job we've done with job growth over the last 20 years has been incredible Arizona is a darn good place to live darn good place to live if you've got questions between now and next week Rosie on the house.com and let's keep it Arizona